Welcome everyone to Jimmy and Neil Have Problems. Today we're talking about blacklisting websites and the problem that some sites serve consistently bad content but pop up first in the Google search. So we've all had this experience in some way or another. I'm a software developer so I often look up bugs and I get the same crappy sites that have copy and pasted answers from elsewhere. My mom runs into this with recipes. There's websites that are just chock full of ads and have terrible recipes, but they know how to game the Google system so they pop up to the top. So that's what we're talking about today to tackle. Neil, do you have any levers for us on these? Yeah, really, I think it breaks down to two. Um, mm -hmm. One is sort of this black box, what is the search engine looking for? Um, what what components are, are going into that? Is it the, the click-through rate? Is it the time on the site? Is it manual feedback? Um, so that's sort of one. And then the other one is funding, which I think of it as one question. You know, does Google know it's serving you a bad site, but doesn't care because it's an ad? Or, or, or does it honestly not think that this bad site is what you want? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think... There's a great article from DuckDuckGo, who's a competitor to Google. They talk about how Google has chosen to like allow paid promotions and allow you to pay for different rankings. And what DuckDuckGo has done is allow you to pay for keyword targeting searches. So you can't, you all you can pay for is an ad up at the top based on a keyword. Whereas mm -hmm. Google tries to do all this complicated math to figure out like, okay, you know, based on who you are, how does this ad seem relevant to you based on what we're paid? What does this do? You know, like, mm -hmm. so I think the more complicated sometimes the algorithm for figuring out what's best, the easier it is to game because mm -hmm. it's so opaque. Yeah. Whereas with DuckDuckGo, it's pretty clear, like, you know, advertising is just based on keywords. Mm-hmm. So let's say I want to advertise for, you know, Blackberry Pie. Like, I just, if I search for Blackberry Pie, I would see a couple of ads based on that. And then the rest of the search results are at mm -hmm. least not based on some weird targeting that Google's trying to do. Yeah. I, I guess, on the other hand, you do want it to be a little bit complex. Because it would be wonderful if there was this manual feedback that, that was available. Right? And yeah. you could say, not interested in this site. And then it stops giving you that site because it's complex enough to know that you don't like that site. Yeah, I think what DuckDuckGo has done is said we're not going to attempt to personalize search. We're mm -hmm. not going to track data on you. I mm -hmm. think that's a reaction to Google. I don't think people dislike targeted search. I think what people dislike is that there's no consent. Like, I would mm -hmm. totally love for, for example, Tutorials Point is the site I always see and I hate. It's mm -hmm. like a bad-looking site, never has great answers. I would love to, like, tell Google or DuckDuckGo, like, don't show me this site. Yeah. And there might be some way to do it. It's really not obvious to me that there is. Yeah. Yeah. I know on YouTube, at least, um, there's some ads that you're able to say, you know, don't show me this ad again. Um, and, and they claim to not do that, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure I trust them on not showing it. Um, 
Yeah, but I guess even beyond just like individually not you not seeing tutorial point, but yeah. if if there was a, a large enough body that was like thumbs down to this, and then if that yeah. started syncing that in SEO. Oh, that's interesting. Like, have a personalized component to SEO. This is well. Yeah. I mean, more like the the Reddit ranking system. Have yeah. that part of it where, you know, if if you get a weird thing up there, you can say no. This is not good. I think there's an example that Hank Green pointed out, and there's some really interesting, like, books, sort of about racism and. and often like Nazi memorabilia ranks really high and it's oh. not because Google is, but, but they're too focused where it's like they're focused on click through rate. And when you search, you know, the, the book, the hate you give and, and then, you know, a swastika comes up, lots of people click on it. Cause they're like, what's the deal with this? Not because like, why would this come up? Yeah. yeah. Not, not because they're, you know, approving of it or thinking it's a good search but but as far as i understand it google is you know it's like oh lots of people are clicking on this it must be good um, that like that click through rate as a blind metric yeah yeah hmm i think that i was just looking at neva which is a bright spot they do ad free private search and it looks like they allow you to prioritize news sources that you trust and love I think that's interesting. They also attempt to prioritize uh, Reddit and Twitter conversations, which I'm a little bit less high on, but I think well, it's interesting because it starts to get to that community nature yeah. of this. I, I yeah. think you can you can disagree with their what they're choosing to prioritize, but the fact that yeah. we're prior, prioritizing these certain uh, areas, these certain websites, is a step in the right direction. Yeah, I think that... Another project that is really curious to me is called Startupy. I've been using them. I've been contributing as a curator. And their whole premise, is that how you say it? Is it mm -hmm. premise? Yes, I said it right. Um, is to do community-based curation. Like I think search has become this very individualized thing. And we forget that like, mm -hmm. there's thousands of other people searching the same things and finding really interesting content that's not always surfaced. Like Google is this flattener of interesting stuff. And by putting it back in the hands of individual curators, we can kind of re resurface some of these really interesting things that have been lost and, and slip out of the Google algorithm. There's a, this also reminds me, um, there's a great site called Marginalia that what they do is they penalize interactive websites so that these old like web 1.0 websites from the early 2000s are up at the top, which you never see them on Google because Google penalizes those sites. Mm -hmm. um, so all these choices being made kind of behind the scenes that bias the content we see up at the top. Mm -hmm. And right now you can game the system by having like a responsive website and having a bunch of keywords and having like, you know, a quick loading site without really like none of that's necessarily relevant to the question you're asking. I wonder what would happen if, you know, whenever you, you went to Google and it would randomize which search engine, like not like it'd all be a Google search engine, but what iteration it's using. 
So that changes what those metrics are and yeah. how they're weighted. So then it'd be too computationally exhausting to to game the system. Because you you know, it's like, okay, there's these twenty different options and, and oh. you know this one penalizes this, this one you know, you know, promotes it and you just can't optimize for all of them, so then you'd stop trying to optimize. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. Or potentially you could have a wrapper over all this that like it searches Google, it searches DuckDuckGo, it searches all of them with the same query and then mm -hmm. spits back out to you, you know, the consistent top ones or, or some type yeah. of setup there. Yeah, like this one, you know, ranked in the top three for all 10 search engines it used, you know, and then you're like, okay, that's a good one. Yeah, I think one of the interesting characteristics of this problem is that niches are hit particularly hard because of like people who optimize for long tail keywords, right? So if I wanted to search like homemade organic vegan blackberry pie, like that's really easy to game in terms of SEO. Mm -hmm. And so I'd be curious, like, I think there's these niches, especially like even I've done it in software where I wrote a blog post about a bug and I literally just copied and pasted the, the output to the title of my blog post and it mm. gets tons of pe tons of people read it because mm -hmm. it was so easy to nail down SEO wise. So I think one of the things that influences this bad content with a high SEO rating is how niche it is. Mm -hmm. Because there's if you have this uncrowded space, you can rock it to the top without great content just by ranking really well. But yeah. I mean, in that situation if the content is bad, but it's better than anything else, I still want it. That's true. Well, I think kind of what happens sometimes, though, is duplicates come up mm -hmm. or um, good content, but it's like kind of stuck in like crappy ads. Yep. Like this is what happens with recipes. Like you, you just can't get to a recipe. Yep. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, it's a whole blog post. It's like, this is what I did to make it. And it's like, I don't care. I just want the recipe. I just want to know. Yeah, so I think so far we've got a couple minutes left here. What's most promising to me is like this randomization mm -hmm. element of like let's put it in different search engines and, yep. and try to mix things up so you can't game the system. And I think a fun alpha would just be to have this wrapper that like grabs a query from someone mm -hmm. that someone searches and then plugs it into a bunch of different search engines. Like that sounds really promising. I mean, even easier than that is just plug it into one random one. Oh, you're right. You're right. right. And then you don't need to do any cross comparison. It's just, you know, this is your search result. And this one happens to be from Bing or Google or Yahoo or whatever. That's an interesting start. Yeah. Do you have any other crazy, I'm trying to think of what we could do with these levers. No, I, you know, adding manual input, that's not a, crazy thing um yeah yeah and then a paid search engine there's just lots of i don't know kind of gray things that happen with a unpaid with unpaid software in general yeah yeah like a free product you know you are the product that kind of idea yep yep yeah hmm. so well if this was a search how how happy are you with the results I'm a little disappointed, honestly. I thought there would be a little bit more wiggle room here. 
Mm-hmm. I am excited by the idea of this kind of randomizing to try to beat SEO. Mm-hmm. But I, in reality, I, I think this these are pretty powerful forces we're pushing on. And I think I'm actually most excited about the bright spots like Neva or DuckDuckGo mm-hmm. rather than any solution I think we come up with. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah what I about think you? The, the first result is kind of neat where it's like, oh, we just randomly search one of, you know, the search engines, but mm-hmm. then everything else is garbage. Like just, yeah. So, so yeah. I think similar to, to where you are. Yeah. I, I do one thread I like to pull out here is the idea of community search versus individual search. Like the fact that Google is increasingly trying to like individually place us in these anonymized buckets. Mm-hmm. I think taking a step out of that and giving people agency again, like what startup is doing and saying like, Look, when you search this, this specific person had a similar idea and found this, you know, mm-hmm. like recreating this idea of like reputation on the internet is good. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a bright spot. That's a thread I like, but that's about all I have. Perfect. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, folks. Contact us down in the show notes. We've got lots of links. You can look at um, the blog post for this as well to see any updates. Thank you so much for joining us.